For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If I had told you before Friday night that Stanford would muster only 50 yards rushing on the night against San Diego State and that Bryce Love would be completely bottled up, how would you have said that game would have gone? That is why they actually play the games. And we have a game to talk about on this edition of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity. Thank you for spending part of it here with us Saturday, September the 1st. 2018, a game in the books, a victorious one for Stanford as they beat San Jose State, beat San Diego State rather, but maybe not quite in the fashion that we all thought they might win that game. Thanks again for joining us. I'm in Detroit, Clarity. Hey, hi. Hope you're doing well. Hope you enjoyed Friday night and I thought it was a good start overall. We're going to discuss that uh, throughout the course of this tree cast. We'll do it with help from J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, the star of the show. We'll do it with uh, Stanford quarterback K.J. Costello. And we'll do it with a young man who made his debut in a Cardinal uniform on Friday night, Paulson Adebo. A lot of coaches had him pegged for big things in the spring, and uh, he played quite well, I thought, against uh, San Diego State on Friday night. So J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, you'll hear from him, K.J. Costello, and uh, Paulson Adebo during the course of this tree cast. In case you're new to the show, a couple of uh, quick uh, ground uh, ground rules here and a couple of quick notes. Uh, in case you don't know who I am, I'm Troy Clarity. Thank you for being here. Uh, I've been following the Cardinal. This is my 26th season following Stanford football. From a broadcast standpoint, as a columnist for TheBootleg.com, wrote Clarity's Corner for 15 seasons uh, previously. Uh, now currently, right now, a play-by-play announcer with the Pac-12 Network. That is a lot of fun. Always great to walk into Stanford Stadium and uh, check out uh, Stanford football. It was great to be back in the place, even though it felt kind of weird on Friday. It, it didn't really feel like a game day. You know, attendance, you know, it wasn't quite what you would like it to ideally be. Friday evening kickoff for a holiday weekend. We we knew it was going to be tough sledding uh, from an actual attendance standpoint there. And it was. Although apparently 41,000 tickets were sold for this one. So I guess that's a number that, that really, truly counts. But it just didn't really seem like a game day. Until we actually put the foot to the pig and then things got going. And then Stanford kind of took a while to get going. It kind of took them a bit to, 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 to finally find that gear that, that we expect Stanford to find offensively. They found it, but it didn't come through the rushing game. In fact, Stanford with only 50 yards rushing on the day in their win over San Diego State, 31-10 to 10, the final score. That's the first time that Stanford has rushed for 50 yards or less in a game since the 2016 season against Washington. You might remember that game. You might not want to. 
But more interestingly, it's the first time that Stanford has rushed for 50 yards or less in a game and won since 2006. Interestingly enough, the opponent that day was also against Washington. That was also Stanford's only win that season, too. But the star of the show for the Cardinal was not Bryce Love. All eyes were on him, and rightfully so, coming into the evening. What was he going to do? How was he going to perform? How was he going to get his Heisman campaign for 2018 started off in this first game of the season? Well, as it turned out, not necessarily very productive was Bryce Love. He was not the star of the show. He did not get top billing at the end of it all. He was not the player who was who was who had his own podium in the postgame press conferences after things were done on Friday night. Nope. One Bryce was JJ Arcega Whiteside. And why not? Six catches, 226 yards, three touchdowns all told for Arcega Whiteside. A 38 yarder to make it Stanford's first offensive touchdown of the year. A 19-yarder right before the half. And then an 80-yarder that put the game solely in favor of Stanford in the third quarter. Six catches, 226 yards. Those 226 yards, by the way, good for the fifth highest single-game receiving yardage total in Stanford football history. Who's on top, you might ask? It's Troy Walters. 278 yards in a virtuoso performance against UCLA back in 1999 that still ranks as one of my all-time favorite Stanford football games. But it was all about J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and his performance against San Diego State Friday night. And, of course, we all stuck microphones in Arcega-Whiteside's face after the game was done on Friday evening. Let's eavesdrop on a portion of his scrum with the uh, media afterwards, and it begins with J.J.'s own thoughts on Stanford's offensive performance. Uh, I'm happy. Uh, obviously not satisfied. I think we can do better for sure. Um, we came out rusty in the first half. Uh, in the second half, we, we played a lot more comfortable, a lot more confidence. And that's just kind of how it goes with the first game of the year. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of things here and there that you kind of got to fix. You got to figure out, especially when you're playing somebody who's not wearing a Cardinal jersey. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm pleased but not satisfied. Were you surprised they did so much single coverage on you? Um... To a certain extent, yes. Uh, I mean, they, they were shutting down the run game pretty well. Um, there, were, there were times where we did squeeze, squeeze it out here and there. Uh, but, you know, that, that's something I think that that's what their game plan was, was to load up the box and play one-on-ones on the outside. And, you know, when as a receiver, that's what you want. That's all you can ask for. Um, and now, hopefully, now guys know that, you know, we, we, we can't, you can't load up the box and play one-on-one with those. Stanford fans aren't used to seeing Bryce Love bottled up like that. Uh, what, what was your assessment? Coach said it was, I mean, they were just stacking the defense against him. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, you got uh, Bryce Love was one of the most talented running backs, if not the most talented running back in the country, um, probably uh, up there to win the Heisman. Um, of course, you're going to have to have extra support uh, to, you know, kind of back off from him. Um, but it just frees up everything else on the outside. And that's something that we've always talked about in the offseason that, hey, like, if they're going to put six, seven, eight in the box, then we've got to be ready on the outside. Do you think you guys are more capable of taking advantage of that this year maybe than you were last year? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, uh, Bryce started getting all that hype uh, kind of in the second half of the season or midway through the season. And 
Uh, the team started realizing late that we need to stack the box to stop us, and that's when we started realizing a little later that, okay, if we're going to get one-on-one matchups, then we've got to make the most of it. And that's something that we discussed all offseason, um, just being ready on the outside. You never know when it's going to come to you. And uh, when we saw that SDSU was stacking the box like they were, um, then we, we were telling ourselves, all right, now it's time, it's time to go. How much confidence does this keep you guys moving forward knowing you can throw the football if they're stacking the box against Bryce? Um, you know, I, I'd say... It's definitely good to do it in the game. Uh, Confidence-wise, we know that we've, we've had it all the time. Tonight it was me. Um, the next game, it could be Colby, Caden, Trenton, uh, anybody. You know, And, and that's, that's just the, the kind of receivers and tight ends that we have. Uh, any, any, any day, can, it could strike to either one of us. Um, so we're, we're excited. Uh, you know, if teams want to stack the box, then, then we'll be more than happy to take the one-on-one um, matchups. And if they want to play zone, drop out, then we'll, we'll block, we'll block, you know, for, for number 20, he'll take it to the house. Can you describe a little bit the connection you and KJ have? It seems like when there is that one-on-one coverage, it uh, just knows exactly where to put it for you. Yeah, I mean, you know, KJ has that confidence, that commander, um, you know, sense when he's in the huddle. And having that, you know, you, it makes everything more comfortable, more, more confident on the outside. Like, yeah, I, he just told me in the huddle that, He's going to look my way or, you know, be ready on the outside. Like, all right, okay, I'm going to jog outside and I'm going to be ready. Um, instead of just going out there being robotic and calling play calls. You know, he takes control of the huddle. He's always in our ear about everything. Um, and going out before the play is even ran, it gives you that kind of just, you know, assurance that, all right, if it's coming to me, i got to be ready. Um, and it, and it show tonight. It certainly did. That's J.J. Arcego Whiteside sharing his thoughts. You'll hear from K.J. Costello coming up later on in the TreeCast. But – our Sega wide side able to shine because Bryce Love could not. And let's get into that right here and now as uh, Bryce Love, obviously not the evening from a statistical standpoint uh, that many people expected coming into the season. Love with 18 carries, 29 yards. That's it. David Shaw went out of his way during the postgame press conference to say that everyone will be talking about Bryce Love's uh, yardage total or lack thereof. But uh, Bryce doesn't care about yardage totals. We won the game. That's a paraphrase of a quote from David Shaw. And he's, he's, he's right on all counts, and he's certainly right that everyone will be talking about what Bryce Love did or did not do on the field against San Diego State. Was the execution there? I've seen some people suggest to me that uh, on Twitter that uh, the coaches should be upset. Bryce Love shouldn't be, but the coaches should be upset with the execution of the offensive line. Was the execution there in the run game for Stanford? No, no, it wasn't. However, the play calling didn't do him many favors. It really didn't. Stanford didn't try to get Bryce Love outside until later in the game, until the third quarter or so. And the first time that they did, he busted it for 14 yards, by far his longest carry of the day. Of the day. Now, too bad it was his 15th carry of the night. But they didn't do him many favors in that respect. When it became painfully clear that San Diego State was going to bring everyone into the box and jam everyone in there and try to prevent Bryce Love from bursting through off through an off-tackle run, or at least a run up the middle, as he is as he is wont to do, and making a big gain from that standpoint. As soon as it became obvious, and maybe 
Heck, even before it became obvious that that, that, that San Diego State was going to go out of their way to try to try to prevent that from happening, they should have gotten Bryce Love in space. Here's, I mean, I'm not, a, I'm not an offensive coordinator, but I do sometimes play one on the internet. Get Bryce in space. Get him in one-on-one matchups. And get San Diego State's defense, which is very, very good, by the way. Give them some credit. Please, please, please be sure to give San Diego State's defense some credit here. They're trying to win, too. But get San Diego State's aggressive defense flowing one way, then send love the other way. I'm a huge fan of misdirection, especially against aggressive defenses like the Aztecs. Stanford didn't really do that. Not in the rushing game. So while the execution was not there against a very quick, very active, very aggressive San Diego State Aztec defense, I don't think that the approach from a play-calling standpoint did him many favors. I was stunned by the amount of times we saw saw them try to crack Bryce Love into the line only to get nothing, literally. Love's first two carries of the night, he gained nine yards. His next 12 carries of the night went for a grand total of zero. Zero. Maybe the Stanford coaching staff didn't want to show USC too much, put too much on tape from USC. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe they they've got some tricks up their sleeve, save for the Trojans, and they didn't want to try to reach into their whole bag of tricks against San Diego State to put some things on tape for USC to worry about. Maybe that was it. I don't know. I don't know. But the execution wasn't quite there from a from the run game standpoint. Neither was the play calling. Both of those things I think went hand in hand. And I think help explain why we saw what we saw or didn't see in the rushing game against the Aztecs. Give San Diego State credit. Darn fine defensive team. I am glad they're off the schedule. But Stanford kind of helped him out a little bit in that respect. It's the TreeCast with Troy Clarity breaking down Stanford's 31-10 win over San Diego State. Thank you for being here with us. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. And and by the way, uh, on Apple Podcasts, if you do subscribe to us, if you subscribe to the show last year, uh, you're going to have to do it again this year because technically, as far as Apple Podcasts is concerned, this is a completely different show. So if you subscribed last year, thank you. Do it again this year. If you rated the, and reviewed the show last year, thank you. Do it again this year. Sorry you have to do that whole process, but while we try to uh, while we try to sort through some things here and get through the transition that the TreeCast is in from a platform and host standpoint, uh, you're going to have to do that all over again. So I appreciate those folks who did it again, who did it last year. Uh, I will certainly appreciate it if you spent time subscribing, rating, and reviewing the TreeCast. If you like the show, great. Tell the whole world about it. If you don't like the show, that's fine too. Tell me what I can do to make it better. Subscribe, rate, and review the show. We certainly appreciate that on Apple Podcasts. TreeCast with Troy Clarity, talking Stanford football against San Diego State. Stanford defensively wobbled a bit at the start. And that drive in which San Diego State took a 7-0 lead, eight plays, 92 yards, seven of those plays were 
were handoffs to their running back, Washington, who went 84 yards on that drive and took it in for the score to put it ahead 7-0. And at that point, that looked like that was going to be the worst-case scenario that we all had for the Stanford defense all playing out right before our very eyes. But Stanford able to put it together and adjust like they always seem to do under Lance Anderson and to bottle up San Diego State for much of the second and the third quarters while the Stanford offense settled itself a bit. Nice effort by Stanford defensively, starting with Bobby Okariki, a guy who is going to be the key and the core of Stanford's linebacking unit. And boy, did he make a big play, pressuring Christian Chapman in the end zone. Chapman tried to tried to flip it forward as he got to the sideline. Kind of looked like Kenny Stabler in the Holy Roller. Officials called it a uh, called it a, a safety. Those ended up being Stanford's first points of the season. And from that point on, Stanford defensively really tightened up and played much better than they had to that point in the game. Okariki with big plays. Paul Snedebo, a young man made a lot of little plays, making his debut. Coaches really loved him in the spring. They couldn't stop raving about uh, the youngster from Texas back in the spring and playing, getting the start, proved his worth. Especially in the secondary that was missing Elijah Holder, the opposite corner. Alamy Murphy got the start there in Holder's spot. No Brandon Simmons in the secondary either. So, you know, the secondary was 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 short-manned, short-handed for Stanford. But Paulson Debo, I thought, played very, very well. Eight and a half, to- check that, five and a half total tackles with two passes broken up as well. Caught up with the youngster for a quick chat. First thing I asked Paulson was, what did it take to get the win against San Diego State? Just persevering. Uh, started off a little slow, both on offense and defense being the first game. There's a lot of kinks and stuff that you have to work out, so... In, in the game in game ones, it's just important to really uh, own in on your technique, know that there are going to be some plays that don't go your way, but just uh, stick to the grind. For you, your debut, this is your big night, a big moment for you here, making your big debut in the Stanford uniform in a, in a competitive environment. How did it go out there for you in, in your mind tonight? Uh, I think I could have played better, but we got the win, so that's all that matters. Going forward, what are some of the big things that you want to see this team improve on? Of course, obviously USC coming here next week. What are some of the big uh, points of improvement in your mind uh, starting uh, starting next week? Uh, well, personally, first off, just tackling better. Being the first game, a lot of missed tackles, myself included. And just uh, having our eyes right as far as reading our keys and really knowing what we're looking at and not just getting our eyes caught in the backfield. What was the mood at halftime uh, with the team? And what were, some of the, what were some of the things that you guys were telling each other to, to try to improve on? And certainly it worked in the second half for you. Uh, just to stick with it. Like I said, game one is going to start slow. Just know that if we do the things that we know we can do, the game will win itself. So did you have fun out there? I did. Yeah, and it was certainly fun watching that young man play. A nice quick chat with Paul Snedebo, who uh, really got off his, his career in the Cardinal uniform, started off. In a very impressive fashion, impressed with his instincts, impressed with his, impressed with his physicality. And uh, I, I think if he continues to trend upwards, uh, he is going to be one of the very best that the Stanford secondary has produced over the past few years. And given some of the players that have come out of Stanford and that side of the ball of late, that is pretty high praise.
Stanford getting it done for the most part defensively against San Diego State, but of course the big subplots came on the offensive side of the ball with the running game having its problems, both self-inflicted and inflicted by the San Diego State defense as well. That gave the passing attack time to shine. And K.J. Costello responding with career numbers, 21 of 31 for 332 yards and four touchdowns. But he also threw an interception, and it turned out to be the key play of the game. Stanford down 7-2 to two late in the first half. Cardinal trying to drive to take the lead. Cardinal with the ball third and five at the San Diego State 39, but K.J. Costello's pass doesn't get beyond the line of scrimmage. It's intercepted by Noble Hall, who takes it back into Stanford territory. But from out of nowhere, Trenton Irwin, the guy who looks like Shaggy, yeah, pretty good ball player. He comes in and makes the play, knocks the ball loose from Hall, and recovers the fumble. Stanford gets new life at its own 48. And then just seconds later, Stanford with a 38-yard touchdown pass from Costello to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. That gave Stanford a lead, which it turned out it would never relinquish. But that was the biggest play of the game. That was your game right there. Once that sequence of events unfolded and Stanford was able to take the lead, you kind of figured that that the Cardinal would find a way to, to get some separation in the second half. And it did. That play critical. So was K.J. Costello finding J.J. Arcega-Whiteside often throughout that matchup, six times throughout that match, as a matter of fact. Talked to K.J. Costello after the game on Friday night. The first thing that, that he talked about with us, along with that big play by Trenton Irwin, I'll get to that with him in a moment, but the first thing that K.J. talks about here is what makes J.J. Arcega-Whiteside such a potent threat and a dangerous wide receiver. He's, there's not a lot of wideouts that I've came across that have his kind of knack and ability to position himself properly countless, countless times um, in between the corner, outside the corner, um, sometimes slipping inside but still staying wide away from the safety. Um, you know, he's, he's a basketball player taking the ball off the rim. Um, we do want to develop, you know, certain things, taking guys even more vertical and not necessarily having to always throw the jump ball. Um, but I'm excited to uh, work on that going forward. Is there something you have to learn where, where he's, maybe when he doesn't look open, that he still can be, that he can still get on the ball? Is that something that you have to learn maybe last year a little bit? About? Yeah, I mean, I think I got a good feel for that last year. I think going in week to week as teams start to bring pressure, um, I prided myself a lot in the offseason to work through progressions. We got a lot of weapons. We got Colby doing great things, Caden doing great things. So if I don't really like the front side, I want to be able to work through my progression. But then again, in those one-on-one type scenarios, when they look covered, we're, throwing, we're, we're, we're kind of feeling that and throwing them open, and that's what we got to do. Take me through the, uh, the play with that Trent Irwin made right before halftime from your perspective as you experienced it. Um, the D end uh, got a pretty good jump. I think they were in the odd front. Probably was a Sam. Um, he timed up the jump really well. I was throwing a basic, um, you know, little in route, and he timed it really well. Tipped it up in the air, and I kind of saw the guy's eyes go up, and it was, you know, played out perfect for them. Um, once again, I was ready to, to, you know, let that guy feel me a little bit. But Trent did an unbelievable job. Um, like I said, he's a workhorse. He's going to give everything he's got for this team. It seems like from there, Stanford offensively really started to click in even more and find a bit more of a gear that they hadn't been able to find to that point. What was your assessment of how things went overall out there tonight? Um, I think things slowed down for us late in that first, second quarter. I think the safety was huge. 
um, kind of switch the momentum, um, you know, take a little bit off our shoulders. Um, you know, defense played great tonight. They put us in good field position multiple times to kind of get the ball rolling. We started off pretty well early on with no points, long drives, no points. But uh, later in that game, we really started to slow things down mentally and get on the same page. What's on your plate this year? What are some of the things that you want to accomplish overall grand scheme of things this season? Bottom line, I want to do my job. You know, I want to lead this team. I, I want them to understand our uh, plan week by week, exactly what we need to do, and I want to go out and help the team execute. Good stuff with uh, KJ Costello. I really enjoy uh, talking to him because he just exudes moxie, something that is always welcome at the quarterback position at a school like Stanford, especially. But, you know, up and down day for him. <laughs> Certainly was able to recover from that uh, mistake with uh, Trent Irwin bailing him out at the end of the first half with uh, recovering the force and recovering the fumble uh, that uh, really helped uh, Stanford get back on track for good and uh, take full command of that game. But another impressive performance by, uh, by Costello. And a lot is going to be placed at his disposal with the running game and all the weapons in the passing game. We saw basically only one of them uh, Friday night against San Diego State, although Kobe Parkinson uh, had some nice moments as well uh, with a touchdown grab for him. Trent Irwin with some, with some uh, key uh, catches as well. And we started to see a little bit early on of some of the things that 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 I wanted to see. We talked about that in the TreeCast earlier this week about using guys like Connor Weddington to get in space and to add run after the catch. Weddington suffered a knock early on, did not return after leaving the game in the first half. And I think that maybe potentially affected some things for Stanford uh, going forward offensively there. Not sure what his status will be for uh, the USC game. But still, overall, a good building block, I thought, for Stanford offensively, especially in the passing game, uh, for them to build on going forward when they face the USC Trojans, who are also 1-0 and and coming off of a win, which they were a bit sluggish at the start and even down for a bit. But were able to put it all together and beat UNLV 43-21. That's the USC Trojans story. The Stanford story, what did we learn? Well, what did I learn anyway? Well, you can tell me what you learned, hashtag TreeCast, or on Twitter at uh, Troy Clarity, last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y, at Troy Clarity, or hashtag TreeCast. Twitter, by far the best way to uh, let me know your thoughts, and uh, hashtag TreeCast is the best way for me to see your thoughts uh, via Twitter. Tell me what you learned. I'll tell you what I learned. Number one, I was encouraged by the defense. Biggest question marks for Stanford overall coming into the year were on the defensive side of the ball, specifically uh, the defensive front. And I thought overall, specifically the front seven, played pretty well against San Diego State. Got gashed a little bit in that first quarter, but they were able to turn it around. Was impressed by Bobby Okariki. Made the big play to start to to start to turn the tide in Stanford's favor with the with the safety in the second quarter. He was all over the place. Good to see Sean Barton back and making some big sticks along the way. Casey Tuhill getting after, or, or check that, uh, Joey Alfieri uh, getting after it, and good to see some of the youngsters too. In Thomas Booker, the freshman, getting onto the field and making his first collegiate tackle on his first collegiate snap. How about that? Saw a bit of Ryan Johnson 
Jovan Swan, even though he got nicked up a bit towards the end, but he did come back in later on in the game. Dylan Wade Perry helped to kind of stabilize things a little bit um, at the nose uh, in the middle of the defensive line for Stanford, too. Overall, I was encouraged. Wobbly in the first quarter. After that, things started to improve greatly. Offensively, you realize that Stanford just had one procedural penalty against San Diego State, don't you? You probably didn't. That's why I'm bringing it up. Remember when it seemed like like delay of game penalties were more common for Stanford, it seemed, than anything else? Not so much on Friday night. Just one procedural penalty overall, and it didn't even cost him any yardage. That's because Nate Herbig flinched before the snap, and that was, what, first and 10 from Stanford's own one-yard line? So what are they going to (laughs) do? They just moved the ball back a foot and did it again. But no delay of game penalties. We saw that when KJ took over the reins for Stanford last year. Things certainly improved greatly in that respect last season when Costello started taking the snaps for Stanford. And that trend continued again this year, or at least in this game last night, by the way, or anyway. Now, didn't get off to the, exactly the best start when Stanford had to call its first timeout before its very first snap of the season. We were all looking at each other a little bit after that and going, uh-oh, what are we in for here? But from there, Cardinal got to the line of scrimmage crisply and played pretty well. Didn't make many of the mental errors at San Diego State, mid boy, did boy, the Aztecs were quite sloppy at times. So I felt overall encouraged by the defense. Tackling still needs to get a lot better because there were some moments where San Diego State was pinballing off the guys. Didn't like to see that. Tackling needs to get better, but I thought the front seven performed well. And only one procedural penalty against Stanford. That needs to continue from the offensive standpoint. Along with finding a running game, yes, that would be nice too. But although it wasn't pretty, and although it didn't quite happen the way that you might have expected it, Stanford still got the win. And in the end, in the final analysis, that, as always, is the most important thing. Can Stanford stay in the win column next Saturday? Can't wait to find out. Because of Stanford versus USC. While I wish that this game was played in November, I always look forward to the Cardinal versus the Trojans whenever it comes to football. 5.30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, September the 8th. As Stanford's uh, three-game homestand to begin the season continues with its marquee home game of the year. Should be a lot of fun. And I suspect there will be a few more butts in the seats for this one. Again, the TreeCast. You've got thoughts? Share them with me. Hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. Hashtag TreeCast. Or send me a tweet directly at Troy Clarity. Last name is C-L-A-R-D-Y. But the best way to guarantee that I'll see it is hashtag TreeCast. Subscribe, rate, and review the show via Apple Podcasts. If you did, Again, as I mentioned earlier, if you did it before last year, you'll have to do it again this year because technically this is a different show on Apple Podcasts than last year's program was. So you'll have to resubscribe, re-rate, and review the show. Re-review? Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) I think you know what I'm trying to say. But uh, please uh, tighten those things up for me. Just take a quick moment. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And spread the word about this program. 
because it's back. And uh, I'm, I'm certainly happy to bring it back uh, for a third season because this it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Looking forward to seeing how the rest of it develops. Enjoy the remainder of your Labor Day weekend. We want to see you back at Stanford Stadium next Saturday, so please don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. Take care, and we will talk to you next time as we'll start to look ahead to Stanford versus USC. Thanks for checking us out. I'm Troy Clarity with the TreeCast. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.